Hey, hey, hey guys, it is me, Coach Tamika James, and we are here with another episode of Entrepreneur Speak. Today, we have Mr. Caleb Davis in the building with us. So you guys know how I like to start. I love for my uh, guests to actually tell us a little bit about themselves. I think it's the best thing because you guys can tell us, you know, what people really to hear from you. So I'm going to give you the floor to tell us all about you. All right, Caleb. All right. What's up, everybody? My name is Caleb Davis, and I am the founder and CEO of the Learning Learning Group, where we put the fun in learning. Um, I've been a teacher for the past seven years, and throughout my uh, throughout my early education years, I really didn't have a black male figure, a black male teacher who I could look up to, someone who... Um, was a big influence in my life. So I realized that I wanted to be that person for the youth that I never had in my childhood. So I went off to college and strictly went in for education. Like I could have played sports. I could have, you know, done um, accounting. Like I'm a, I'm a really, I love math. So I could have done something with math, but I'm like, I just want to be able to have an impact greater than myself. I want to have an impact where um, I can work with kids and I received my bachelor's degree from the University of Missouri in elementary education. And from there, I went on to receive my master's from the University of Houston in instructional technology. Now, what I learned throughout my years of teaching is that our kids are bored. They're sitting in classrooms all day. They work on worksheets. Teachers are talking to them and like teaching them the information, like just putting it on and our kids are being drained day after day. So one year, uh, it was around 2016, I was planning a summer school curriculum for the district that I worked in at that time. And during the during the planning session, we were like, man, these kids are gifted. They, you know, they, they don't really need a lot of enrichment over the summer. We want them to come in and we want them to have fun. But at the same time, we still want them to learn. So in my head, I'm like, well, we want them to learn. And I swear to God, at that point, I think the, the world is like stopped for a second. I'm like, learn, learning. The kids are going to be learning. And oh, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have to stop there because <laughs> I needed to understand the spelling of your company. I was like, um, there's a capital F. Uh-huh. There's a capital L and a capital U, and then there's a lowercase r, capital N, I-N-G. Oh, I love your shirt. So I was like, what? So the, the, L is, the L is uh, not capital. Now I got it, the yeah. F-U-N-N. Okay, so those are, wow. Yeah, hmm. so it's a fun in learning. That is dope. Yeah, so. Wait a minute, wait, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Okay, you were where when this came to you? You were doing like a summer camp thing, and where where were you standing, and what was happening? So I was. Um, I, this was my first year, second year out of college. Um, I had to, my first year of teaching. It was it was a it was a really bad experience for me. Um, I ended up working at a school where the principal like handpicked the classroom for me. She was like, "Man, you know, you're a black male. You know, you're strong. You grew up here, and you know, I think you can handle this group of kids." And it was my first year of teaching, and it was really um, I feel like it was selfish of them to do that. Like all what group of kids? Um, I it was inner city, so I went back to teach in the city that I was from, in the neighborhood that I grew up in. So I knew the parents. However, I had twenty eight kids first year of teaching, and these are all you know, all black kids, all kids who again these were hand picked. They were supposedly the problem children of the school and the teacher was like i mean the principal was like you know i I got i got the perfect class for you you know um come on down you know you'll have a spot for sure and i get there the day one kids are quiet they're scared of me they're like like who's this six four black man you know standing over me telling me first of all i can't see that you're six four from this interview but okay (laughs) (laughs) they're like who's this six four black man just standing over me like barking directions and orders and stuff so they were Quiet. Day two showed their true colors, and I'm like, <laughs> what, what, were they doing? what were they doing? <laughs> um, 
just I had I it was 28 kids and I think I had 16 boys. Yeah, so it was like just nagging and picking with each other, like uh, talking about each other. Like it was just the it was like a, a it felt like a daycare. OK. And I couldn't really I couldn't teach the instruction. Um, granted, you know, I, I went to I went to a school for four years that taught me how to, you know, how to teach. But it didn't teach me about the real world. It didn't throw me in there like I really um, should have um, anticipated. So again, just once I got there, you know, I ended up leaving that first semester because I just couldn't handle it. Um, so that was my that was like my first year. I quit at the I quit um, after the first semester during the winter break. I was like, I can't come back. So second semester, I went to another school. And it was, it was it was a lot better. It was lovely. Um, I had a I was a, a writing teacher, so I didn't have that full classroom uh, responsibility like I did the first semester. And, you know, it, it was a lot better for my mental. And then the second year, my second year of teaching, I went back into a full I taught fourth grade. So, oh, yeah, my first year of teaching, it was those were sixth graders. It was a group of 28 sixth graders. Oh, that's what the people that the kids, they're just changing. Exactly. They don't know who they are. Oh, OK. So yeah, I, I was struggling that year. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was struggling. Um, but my second year, I taught fourth grade, and it was a lot better. Um, had around 25, around 24, 25 kids. Um, but they're fourth graders, so they were a lot. They were, you know, a lot calmer, and it was just easier for me to teach them at that point. So um, that's the summer where I ended up getting on the planning committee for a summer school program. And during that program, that's when uh, I realized that we we're going to be working with gifted middle schoolers. So it wasn't the ones that I, I wasn't going to be doing a summer camp for the ones that I was teaching. It was a whole new group of kids. So throughout that school year, we had to pull out about once a month to go and have a planning session with different teachers throughout the year, uh, throughout the district. And that was our planning committee for the for the summer school. So. That is where, you know, we got together, we're having our sessions and like halfway through, we're like, man, guys, we need to come up with a cool theme that we can, you know, allow the kids, you know, have fun and all that stuff. And then that's when I'm thinking, I'm like, well, we want them to have fun, but we also want them to learn. We want them to learn. And I probably, everybody just looked at me like, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Right after that, listen, I went and took the rest of the money I had and got that, got learning trademarked. As soon as I could, I'm like, yeah, this is this is golden. All so, right, first teachable moment here for for anyone that's listening. Yeah. Yeah, you have to own your intellectual property. That is what what to separate you from the masses and allow you to monetize your mind. Okay. Underground Biz Group. Underground Biz Group. So um, I went ahead and I went ahead and uh, trademarked learning. And from that day, when I went back to school the next week, my whole like philosophy, pedagogy of education changed. I'm like, y'all, throw all the paper away. We about to have fun. We're about to do, we're about to change the way we do learning. And I promise you, like, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I have a message from one of my students from that fourth grade year when I first started learning sent me a message last week and said, hey, um, I don't know if you remember me, but this is so-and-so from your fourth grade classroom. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. He was like, um, he was like I just want you to know that I, I really enjoyed your class. Like, that was that was one of my best years. And, I, like, my heart smiled. I'm like, man, thank you. Because that was when I was just finding myself as a teacher. And it goes to show, like, when you when you have a passion, you have a calling, you make it you make an impact no matter what level you like i didn't even think that i was making a big impact but just being able to build those relationships with the kids at that point and show them that learning can be different learning can be fun it really shifted my my whole viewpoint of learning so um yeah that's that's how learning came to be and like i said i, I trademarked it and i turned it into like a, a pedagogy at that point and then from there I turned it into a tutoring company. 
So I turned it into the Flirting Learning Group where I would tutor my students and tutor um, other kids around the district, other family, friends, and stuff like that. And I was making a little, a little bit of money doing it. And I'm like, well, well, I want to stop you there because I'm wondering, did money come into play immediately or did you kind of have any sort of test runs? What, how did that work when you got your first tutoring client? So when I got my first tutoring client, um, my I was tutoring before I came up with the flirting brand. It was um, it was just under a different name. It was um, just a person. It was called ahead of the curve, like ahead of the curve tutoring. My model was like, come to me. I'll get your I'll get your child ahead of the curve. They'll go back to school um, better than ever. It was like that was like my thing. Like, let's get these kids ahead of the curve. So I was already doing a little bit of tutoring, um, one or two students a year, just by do just by doing that off my personal brand. And then was so was that paid? I'm sorry. Was it paid? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it was paid. And so, and again, now during this time though, I'm back in my hometown. So I'm back in Illinois, where I'm from, and I really like I had a good relationship with the community. But after the year that I found it learning. I moved to Houston and that is where things took a little bit of a shift because I was out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. and I didn't really have a clientele at that point. So yeah. at that point, my learning philosophy stayed with me inside of my classroom, but the business side of it wasn't being as lucrative or, or productive in that matter. So, I still kept the learning philosophy and I still would bring it into my classroom. So my students knew what it was. But aside from that, I really didn't have um, I really didn't have the exposure like I did where I'm from. So that year was a little bit with well, those two years, the two years that I was in Houston was a little bit. It was a little bit challenging financially. Um, and I think that was I, I went into like a, I went to a depression at that point. Transparency moment. I went to a depression. Because I was in grad school, um, first year in a brand new state by my brand new state, not even city, brand new state by myself. Um, yeah. It was just a, it was a shock. It was just uh, one of those times where I just didn't have the support that I that I needed to be successful. And it, it it taught me a lot, though. I'm not gonna lie to you. It taught me it taught me a lot of responsibility. It taught me a lot of uh, perseverance, perseverance and resilience. But yeah, at that point, I went into a depression for like about six to eight months and I had to move. I thank you for sharing that with us because as entrepreneurs or just people in this world, we have a lot of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. And I can tell by the energy in your voice that that was a moment in time mm -hmm. and the energy in your voice earlier, you're definitely not there. So we know that. But I thank you for sharing that because people need to really know that everything is not peaches and cream all the time but you can come out of it and which you did right. so you got out of that right okay so how did you get out of that real quickly like what brought you out of oh you moved you moved yeah so at that point i was living i was living in houston um i was in grad school um i after my first year of teaching um so the thing with learning is i can't be trapped inside of a box okay you have to, i me personally i need creative freedom. I need to be able to teach in ways that I know will be effective for my kids. And a lot of school districts do not allow you to do that. They, they, it's a cookie cutter curriculum and they, they, it's, it's kind of scripted. And for me, I go off the top of my head. Like I can come up with a lesson in five minutes and meet all the standards that it needs to meet. However, um, that the school that I was working with when I was working, when I was living in Houston, they kind of didn't see that potential in me and they wanted thing, they wanted me to conform to their way of teaching. And I just couldn't deal with it. So again, I'm going through that. I'm going through um, staff that don't like my teaching style. I'm going through an administration who um, really wasn't supported. And in grad school, stressing about that, have to come home and do homework every day and grade papers, it was stressful. So. What I ended up doing was after that school year was over with, I, I stopped teaching for the, I stopped teaching that year. So. What? No way, man. 
So I didn't, I didn't quit. I just, I made it throughout the year. And then I'm just like, I need, I need a mental break. So I stopped teaching and I focused on grad school full time. So I ended, I ended up um, going to school, just getting my degree. And <laughs> that wasn't a good decision either because I had teacher bills and teacher bills, no matter, I'm not even gonna say teacher bills, bills that you accumulate, they don't yeah. care if you stop working. They don't care. So those teacher bills that I had um, eventually caused more stress and anxiety. And I'm like, how can I do this? How can I do this? I ended up getting like a part-time job, but it wasn't paying near as much as I was getting when, as I was as I was a teacher. So I ended I had to like break my lease and move up to Dallas with one of my uh, one of my close friends. And I just Wait, you had to go back to Dallas. No, no, no. I wasn't in that. This is when I was in Houston. So I didn't. Oh, this, this is what oh, led. Houston was the first place. Okay. Yeah, all right, I was just going to Texas, and all right, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So this is when I was in Houston. This is what happened. So I was in grad school. I stopped teaching. Got a part time job. Couldn't pay the bills, and I'm like, I just need to like, I ended up, I just needed a break. So I I broke my lease with uh, my refund check from grad school. So in January, I used that money I got, and I was like, here, apartment, like, just let me leave. I can't pay this rent no more. So I gave them about almost all of the refund check and just moved up to Dallas, uh, stayed on my friend's couch for a little while. And that's where I had a shift in focus. Mm. That is where I established learning as a business. Because at, at the time it was trademark, but I didn't have it as a business. I was operating it as a business, but I wasn't really, I didn't really have an LLC or anything like that. So in 2016, when I moved up to Dallas, that's when I, I mean, 20. 18 when i moved up to dallas that's when i um transformed it into a to an actual business and from there i was able to get clarity i started you know watching um watching podcasts and like trying to figure out how to do the this business thing on my own because i didn't have any mentors or any guidance again everything that i was doing was just coming out of me wanting to do something different. Me wanting you were watching podcasts. What what titles were you putting in? Um, starting a business, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, um, the entrepreneur journey. How to start a tutoring business is like doing things like that. Uh, all related to like education, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I was excited about having a podcast because this is all about helping entrepreneurs. So people are hearing your story. They're understanding exactly where you came from, you know, the middle, and then they get to see where you are. I'm going to ask you to tell us some lessons, give us some lessons, too. So, you know, be prepared for that. But yes. All right. So. All right. So now you are establishing it as an actual business because you're you're going um, in, in the right places and gathering information. So now get all of this info, then what? Then I, so as I established it as a business and I'm like, man, I'm not going back into teaching. I'm about to make this my full-time thing. Granted, I just moved to a new city and I'm like, wait, I need, I need, I need some income coming in. I just went off of a depression. I just came off of being broke for a year and a half. It's like, I need to, I need to find some money. So I went into another teaching job. So um, the whole summer I was applying for jobs, couldn't get a job. So I'm like, I, it must be a sign. Like I'm, I must not be fit to, you know, go back into teaching. And then on, uh, I think it was like a, a Wednesday, a Wednesday before in a Wednesday in August, I get an email and I had an interview the next day and they ended up hiring me on a Friday. School started Monday. <laughs> so... Oh. They hired me on a Friday, school started Monday, and I, I took it. I'm like, I just need some money. And I really didn't vet the school. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a cute campus, it's nice, you know. And I you know, worked there for a little while, got fired. And okay, hmm. I'll unpack that. So again, I told you I can't be put in, I can't be placed inside of a box. Uh-huh. Same thing that happened in Houston. They tried to um Forced me to conform and teach, ro- teach like a robot and like teach in a scripted manner. And I'm like, you know, these kids are individual. You can't expect all these kids to learn the same way. My students had no issue with me. They were learning. They had fun. Staff loved me. 
it was administration. Again, like they just couldn't see the vision that I have for education. Like, I, I have I, a question. I'm sorry. I have a question. So yeah, how long would you say that it takes to prove the things that you do, the methods that you use? How long does it take to actually prove that it works? Um, because the students' grades will probably have to like um, change. They would have to like go from a C student to a B or to an A. So like what amount of time would it take to really prove this? See, that, that's kind of a tricky question because each, like I say, each individual is different. And in order for me to do that, um, I in order for me to show my success, I have to be able to fully engage with my kids on a consistent level. And <laughs> the, the group, the reason why the schools weren't seeing it is because these kids were already low and they, they wanted a system in place that would allegedly provide them with the rigor that they needed. However, with me, I was all about building relationships first and not going in like, all right, sit down. This is what we're going to do. It was, all right, let, like, how's your day going? Like, what, how do you like to learn? What do you like to learn? So I'm really big on building relationships and being, a, and engage, being an engagement specialist. Um, that's pretty much my, my title now, a learner engagement coach. Like I help teachers uh, build engagements and, and connect with the disconnected learner in their classrooms. So I was I was struggling with uh, I was struggling the the administration was struggling with seeing my vision through because they wanted these immediate results which they were getting it wasn't a none of my students were like performing badly like, nobody was going down I will say that none of my students were declining it was just they wanted they wanted things ran the way that they wanted things ran. They didn't care about the result. They wanted people to conform and do things the way that they wanted to do it. And I had a, I had talks with the other teachers on on these campuses, and they're like, "Yeah, it's been like this for years and years and years and years." They're like, um, "Is like you're really going to have to like um, stand up for yourself if you want to see change." And that's what I did. It's like I would. It wasn't anything disrespectful. It was just me knowing what I know within the field of education and putting my foot down and standing with what I believe in. And that's the students first. It's not about test scores. It's not about um, the dollar. It's about allowing these kids to experience education and experience the best education that they can. Not sitting in classrooms all day, like sitting in a desk, uh, working on worksheets, listening to a teacher talk, um, looking at, at this point, looking at computer screens all day is beyond that. Like education should be an experience and that's not yeah. what people are getting. I'm going to bring up something that um, that you said, not here in this interview, but something. Okay. You said that you wanted to disrupt the field of education in ways that working for someone else wouldn't allow. Hmm. And when I when I when I heard that, I was like, wow, like that's that's major right there. So can you share with us? some of your tactics. So if there are some teachers that are listening that may want to implement some of the strategies that you've used so far, what are some specific things that you've done in the classroom that allowed you to disrupt the field of education? Mm -hmm. So uh, that I can answer that in two ways. One way is inside the classroom. Um, I created an ebook called The Seven Steps to Empowering Engagement. Now this uh, it's a free ebook. This ebook allows you to follow um, the eight simple, the seven steps that I use personally to build relationships with my students. If you can build relationships with your students, everything else will fall into place. They will, they will want to do work for you because they trust you and they want to make you happy. And that start, the first thing that it starts with is having conversation. When I'm in my classroom, the first, uh, first few minutes of my day, like I'm sitting on top of my desk, foot in a chair, hunched over. I got David. Like, what y'all do over the weekend? Like, what are you guys doing today? I'm having conversation with my students that are not related to academics. It's related to their personal lives because when you can have conversation with them, you're able to extract their interest. If you're extracting their interest, if you extract their interest, now you can use that information to create your lessons to help them whenever they're stuck. You can relate some. The kid loves uh, football. You can relate this math problem to a football play. Yes. 
So now if you're talking to them, you can extract their interests. Now you're able to use that those interests to help with enrichment or help guide your lessons. You can make it a, a football theme lesson. You can differentiate your instruction to where this group over here is working on these types of problems. These group, this group is working on this type of problem. You know what your students are interested in, so teach accordingly. Stop being, media. Stop being afraid to use what these kids uh, have every single day. It's like we can't, we can't, we're still, everything is changing except education. And I bet you can probably see who you can connect in the class, as in these two like football, these two like, um, you know, dancing or whatever. And you probably could create better connections between some of them or understand the disconnects between them based on things that you understand about them. I, I can only imagine. I'm not in that field, but, you know, yeah. But yeah, so uh, just to, to go back to that, yeah, we have to be able to do that. And like you said, like um, being able to put those kids in groups, uh, back to my college days, like when I was at my degrees in instructional technology. So uh, one of the products that I created was a, um, a learner preference assessment that allows educators to figure out which ways their kids like to learn best. So instead of wasting the first two to three months of school trying to figure out uh, which ways these kids like to learn, you can allow the kids to take this assessment for on the second day of school. And now you have that you have that head start advantage on instruction. You can expedite learning now because you're not you're not too focused on trying to um, figure out which ways they learn. And again, this is free as well. This is on my website as well. So any educator who want who wants to um, demo it, it is free right now um, for the beta trial. Go ahead and tell us the website. This is all about you. So you can tell them anything you think they need. So okay. share that information now, and then I'm going to ask you another question. Okay, perfect. So my website is learninglg, as in learninggroup.com. Again, learning, F-L-U-R-N-I-N-G-L-G.com. And again, the, the learner preference assessment is under my team learning framework. And all of, again, everything that I do is about the students. So uh, check that out. Go ahead and provide it to your to your entire classroom. It takes about two minutes. It is very similar to the love languages. So you go through, you take the assessment, and you'll be able to figure out which pre which uh, player style your students are in. It's a team. Learning is a game. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is awesome. I would like to know, how do you normally get that in front of the, the teachers? How do you get the how do you get this product to them? So at the, at right now it's all word of mouth and email. I've been trial trying it out with a lot of the educators that I know because I've been in, in multiple states. So the all of the trial runs that I have completed so far with the team learning assessment come from educators I know, students that I tutor, or kids that are within my classroom specifically. And everyone has told me like, wow, this, this really describes my, my kid. Or even if the kids are old enough to advocate for themselves, they're like, yeah, this is, this is pretty much how I like to learn. So it's, it's very effective. And again, it shows you, um, it shows you the, the preferences that are you like to learn it. So how are you going to get this out to more people? What's the plan? So my plan now is to reach out to principals and districts. I'm currently in communication with my home district back in Illinois to to um, get it implemented throughout the entire district so that we can increase the quality of education back home. So it's just me networking with different principals and teachers as well, because even if the principal doesn't bring it in, if a teacher tries it out, now they can advocate for the school and allow the principal to take a deeper look into it. So it's just getting the word out for it because it really revolutionizes the way that we, uh, the way that we teach and learn. We're able to expedite the learning experience and bypass all of the trial and errors of getting to know which ways our kids like to learn best. Now, are you on social media? Are you on? Yes, do, I am. Will you share this information on your social media? I for sure do, yeah. So it's, it's on my social media. Um, I will definitely, you know, package that up and get get the word out a little bit more. But yeah, it's on it's on all it's on my social media. It's on uh, Facebook. It's on my Instagram. And oh, now can people download it. I'm can sorry. they download? Can they download it from your Instagram? 
it's not a, it's not downloadable. It's a wet it's a uh, it's a web based platform. So, okay. so is the link is the link on your Instagram? Yeah, it's the link in the website. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All so, right. All right. Oh, well, I hope there are a lot of posts that say click the link in the bio and take the yeah, text we got the you in there. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Ma'am. But. All right. Okay. So now, what I want to know a little more about the business. So you've gone through all of these different things. You've gone to school and um, now you're at the point of finishing school. You're taking your business more serious. So does your company connect with a school and like, where is your location? Are you a physical location? Do they come to you? Do you go into different establishments? Like how does all of this work? So at the moment, since I was actually a part of a district of the district, it was hard for me to venture out and work with other districts because it was only me and I wasn't able to be in multiple places at once. So um, I haven't gotten to I haven't even gotten to the juicy part about what I'm doing next yet. But I'm going to I'm going to save that for for after this after I finish this part right here. So, okay. um now that I, now that the school year is over with, my goal is to partner with schools throughout the state uh, or even within within our country to provide learner engagement coaching, so professional development workshop with our schools, so that we can implement my team learning framework. This team learning framework one assesses the learning preferences of our kids to allow teachers to connect with their students a lot better. As they connect with their students a lot better and build these relationships, now the academic part will fall into place because we have a better relationship. We know how our kids learn and we can use that information to facilitate instruction. It shouldn't be the other way. We shouldn't, as adults, think that we can force information onto our kids. It doesn't work like that. We have to meet them where they are. So my goal now is to provide, uh, one part of the business is to provide learner engagement coaching to our educators throughout our country. Okay. We have to find ways to connect with our students better and I can help you do that. So um, that's what learning is for. Learning is to bring the fun out of learning. Learning, the, I don't even know who said learning had to be boring. Right. I don't, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Underground is Underground Biz Group. But so, wherever, wherever it came from, it got to go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. And I, I've always like felt better about having fun when learning in different ways, opposed to just the we're looking at the chalkboard and just reading the book and yeah. then. Who's next? You know, ah, la la la. So now that, um, okay, so is your avatar, you know, and if anyone doesn't know about the avatar, it's actually in business. Who is it that you're targeting? Who are you really talking to? So is your avatar the teachers at this point? Because you need to reach them to make sure that they learn the system to be able to use the system or is your avatar the student for you to go directly in? So which way are you really leaning towards at this point? My avatar is a teacher. It's, okay. when it's, it's the adult. Um, my avatar is the adult because if I can reach the adult, I can reach the entire class instead of the individual student. So my goal is to um, reach that teacher, the teacher who's, I'm sorry. I was just, I, you know, I have these aha moments. I'm so sorry, not sorry. I say that a lot, right? Sorry, not sorry. But I'm wondering, do you, so you have this platform where they get to do the test. Mm -hmm. Will you be building like a course or anything that, that teachers can go through, like something recorded so that you don't have to say this over and over? I, I don't know what type of connection you're going to have to teaching this, the, to educating the teachers. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on a, this, so the, the, the assessment, that whole framework is called team learning. Again, learning is a game. We're a team. We're a learning team. So the team learning framework um, is the entire framework, is a package, is a service that I'm going to provide to the schools. Now, a part of that team learning framework is the learner preference assessment. After the learner preference assessment, the teachers will be provided with a playbook. This playbook 
hence team learning. You know, you, you see the you see what I'm doing there? It's a game. Yeah. So the team learning playbook is going to be a curriculum that will allow the teachers and students to go through weekly uh, weekly meetings that will cover different standards and different um, um, different kind of criteria, different learning points that will allow them to build a class culture, build a class relationship. So for now, I have the, the playbook that I'm developing right now that will allow the teachers to uh, figure out what the framework is and how to go through these steps in order to build the relationship that they need with their students. So uh, uh, in regards to an actual like recording of it, I haven't gotten that deep into it yet. However, it's on the, it's on the, it's on the plan. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm just listening to it and it just it sounds so amazing. But I know like in regards to the continuous education, like you're yes. going to definitely want this to go and it's going to go really far. I can see that. So it, it can't be you just continuously. Oh, Send, watch <laughs> it, go connect to me, blah, blah, blah. Even though I'm sure you'll hang in there with the people, but I could see it as a course where they click on it, someone purchases it, and they go through it. I could just see that because yeah. we got to simplify this stuff because what you're talking about is going to have to go to thousands of teachers, not even hundreds, thousands. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So I'm even excited. With, too. Yeah. We're all over the world. It's going to be all over the world. Yeah, because it is. education is global. Like education isn't just an American thing. Yeah, so yeah. That's why, that's why I love it so much is because it can reach, it can reach the masses, and it'll be something that's going to live on beyond me. And that's what I love about uh, about this service, about this product, about my brand is it's beyond me at this point. Yeah, it, it sure is. It really is. Now. You have shared so many different stories with us in regards to like the journey that you've been on. Can you think of anything that you um, haven't told us? Like, cause I like to ask you guys to tell me a bedtime story. So what is it that has actually happened? Anything you could think of that got you to hear that you don't want anyone else to ever go through a part of your journey Mm -hmm. something that you just don't want that that could possibly be preventable mm -hmm. and so tell us the story of that and then what you what you want them to know anything I got you so one of the things is um, my last about two years ago the school that I was working the school that I taught at when I worked in Dallas they the, they fired me now the reason the the point behind this message is if i wouldn't have had learning as a personal brand me being fired would have been detrimental to my career it would have been very um it would have been very heartbreaking and it would have put me underneath the ground in multiple ways because I, it would have crushed my confidence I'm a teacher. I don't have anything else to fall on. I've gotten fired and I just don't know what to do. However, I had my personal brand to rely on. When I was fired, that actually gave me a year, an entire year to strategize, mm -hmm. to pivot, to come up with a way for me to take my business to the next level. So when I was fired, I made the the decision like I'm not going to go back into a full time teaching position. I can't go back into a into an environment where I am struggling day after day to get people to see my vision. What can I do to still have an impact on our youth, still be able to teach, but not have the micromanaging, uh, authoritative, authoritative like overlook oversight of my life of my career so one thing that i that i want to tell you especially educators who are listening who who are still struggling to find their passion to find their their that thing that's going to keep them driving that personal brand you got to find it you have to find a personal brand something that you're going to stand by something that you're going to stand on that will no matter what happens if you're fired or not even if you even if you're not fired if you have a personal brand and it's being very successful 
it can open the doors for you that a teaching position might not be able to do for you. So, so what I'm going to tell you guys is find a personal brand, um, create a personal brand and use that personal brand to leverage your teaching abilities. Use social media. Is there's so many teacher TikTokers out here? There's so many people on uh, teacher Instagram. Like you have to find that that personal brand and, like I said, stick with it. Stick with what you believe in, and don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. So, um, something else that you got. Well, just to add on to that, when I was fired, um, like I said two years ago, I made the I made the decision that I'm not going to be a full time teacher anymore. I just can't do it. So what I ended up doing was if they don't want me to teach in their schools start our own school. So my own school, FAVE Academy, which stands for Flearnings Academy for Venturesome Education, will be this August 2021. We're going to transform the way that we do teaching and learning in our country. And it's time to revolutionize education. It's time to innovate education. It's time to get our kids outside of the schools. So FAVE Academy will be Dallas's first and only Black-owned mobile micro school where we do all of our learning in the real world. Wait, wait, start over. It's a what? <laughs> Fave Academy <laughs> is Dallas's first and only Black-owned mobile micro school. My school will be will consist of 10 students who are ready to um, innovate education, get out of the classroom, and learn in the real world. Think about the modern-day magic school bus. That's exactly what it is. So we're going to drive around uh, day after day, week after week, and connect with our community, provide for our community, enrich our community, and learn in the real world. We're not sitting behind desks anymore. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, whoa, whoa. So the students get on the bus in the morning? The 10 students? So the, the way that it's going to work is my students, we, we will have a, a landing facility, a housing facility. And once we there, once we are there, um, just a sample schedule, for example. Monday, our kids are all online. It's self-paced. Um, kids will work and do their work online. Tuesday, they meet up with me, and we cover anything that they need help with. So it's like kind of like a, a tutoring session, enrichment session, and we're planning for the rest of the week. Wednesday, Thursday, we were out and about. We're going to the banks. We're going to learn math at the bank. We're going to the uh we're going to the the nature preserve we're going to learn in the real world we're going to do our science outside we're going to actually get a sample of water get some telescopes we're going to actually do our learning out in the real world we're going to go to different museums to learn our history why do we have to sit inside of a school to learn this if the real world is happening before our eyes so, so you don't have to get you don't have to get permission for a field trip because I know that that's how it works with field with, trip. Yeah, field trips once a year. Yeah. You know why? Why kids? We would get excited for a field trip once a year because it was scarce. Yeah. This is going to be a our school is going to be a field trip. Every day we're going to be in the real world. It's like we're not even going to use the word field trip because it's not a field trip. This is learning. This is us going out in the real world and doing what we need to do to learn and experience learning. I always tell people this. There's a difference between being taught and experiencing learning. There's a difference between teaching the kids and allowing the kids to learn. I'm allowing my kids to learn. I'm allowing them to get hands on, allowing them to fail so they can learn from their, their mistakes, allowing them to, to get hands on and um, create things that are going to impact our community. Again, my goal is to teach different. I've been I was fired for I was fired for doing what I'm about to do now. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, you were. And I think it's amazing. Everything happens for a reason. And we all have to come to the realization that that is very true. You can't see it in the moment, but something's happening not to you, but for you. Right. So you you've been able to live by that. Now, when it comes down to this school. Um, how did you get to figure out how you can have your own school? Because that's big. It is. And this is what I'm going to teach educators. So um, the way that it came about is I used to always, I always, I've always wanted to open my own school. But I used to have this mindset that a school had to be this large 
Um, I promise academy, it had to be this large school that had kindergarten through eighth grade or kindergarten through sixth grade, it had to be this large building. But then I started doing more research and I figured out what a micro school was. And a micro school is just oh. a school that has less than 100 kids. You don't have to have, you don't have to have a large building with every grade level. My school, my, my micro school is going to be a middle school. So fifth, sixth and seventh graders who are all together, 10 of them, 10 of us who are all together and we're learning from each other. We're teaching each other. It's a community. So we're able to go around and uh, literally like learn in the real world together instead of being placed in a classroom of all fifth graders, a classroom of all sixth graders. We all have different gifts that we can learn, that we can teach, I mean. We all have different things. We all have different paces of learning. We all have different um, different ways of learning. We can't just be placed inside of a classroom just because we're all the same age. We can so, so big question. So you have fifth, sixth, and seventh graders together? Or is it fifth to eighth? What did you say? It's going to be fifth, sixth, and seventh grade for the first year because I want my seventh graders to roll over to the eighth grade. Okay. So... <laughs> you have these three grades in one classroom setting, not room, but per se mobile. So are they still classified if they're a fifth grader, are they still classified as a fifth grader for the year or how does that work? Where did the classifications come from? I don't know. Some, some system that someone made. To conform. So question is, so if um, if they were to leave your program and they went into a school, a, high school. Like a different facility, where would they be placed? Like, so they are fifth grader now. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason, mom moves out of state and she has to take them out of your program. Mm-hmm. They're labeled now as still a fifth grader or whatever because of the same year or do they, how do they, how does that work in another school setting? So they would be able to, um, <clears throat> they would be able to be assessed where they will be able to be assessed before they can go back into a grade. Uh, they Let's say they are in the fifth grade age group, then they can go back into that group. But if they're academically smarter than everybody else, then they can be assessed to move up to another grade level. Um, as long as it's not too far, uh, too far ahead. I'm not sure of the, the entire uh, requirements for that, but they'll be able to take an assessment that will allow them to uh, be placed in a grade that's equivalent to their academic abilities. Okay, awesome. Or the awesome. Yeah, or they'll just stay with you and, you know. There we fun. go. <laughs> yeah. by, by that time, we'll have a high school version and we'll be able to, again, what I'm, what I said, we're, tra- we're changing the way of education. We're transforming education um, <laughs> in ways that they wouldn't let us do it in the beginning. So yeah, yeah. That's my goal. It's a that's my goal right there. So everything has led up to me creating this micro school that will allow me to teach and allow me to teach my educators how to connect and build relationship with our kids so that we can teach them in a learning way. We can allow them to have fun and learn and we can allow them to be servants of our community. Awesome. I love everything that you're doing. And I'm so glad that you were able to share so much with us today. Your journey has been amazing. I'm glad that you had those ups and downs that have made you who you are today. I'm glad that you were able to see that um, no one could keep you in that box, you know, because some people would just go back into the box. I need a job. I have to pay my bills. I don't have a choice and just stay in that box. So thank you for not going back in the box and closing the top, the lid on top of your head. (laughs) So um, is there anything else that you'd really like for anyone to know about you and what you do? Or do you want to share anything? I'll leave the floor open to you at the, at the end here, anything. Yeah. So I guess I, I just want to speak to the educators or the people who are, uh, who see that the education system is not built for us, it's time to disrupt it. It's time to create our own schools. It's time to um, create our own curriculum. It's time to find ways to innovate education for the betterment of our communities, okay? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to connect with any educator, or not even educator, any individual who wants to take on the challenge of disrupting education, of teaching different, 
of innovating education. Like, connect with me. Let's create this. Let's create this network of micro schools. Think about that. We have our own school system. We have our own way of teaching and learning. We have our own educators who can go out and, and teach this to other educators. Let's do it, y'all. It's time to get out there and do it. So, um, and for the parents, if you are in the Dallas area and you um, and you and you want to and you have a middle schooler, someone entering the fifth, sixth, or seventh grade who's looking who's looking to get from behind that desk, who's looking to get off of the computer, who's looking to get into the real world and change the way that they view teaching and learning, join Fave Academy. We're the modern day magic school bus, and we're going to give you an educational experience that you'll never forget. That's all I got for you. Oh, I love it. I thank you so much. I have a bunch of other questions, but we're not going to keep our listeners and our viewers here too long because we can definitely have you back at another time. But um, I am really excited about what you're doing, and I know that you are going to change the world as you already are. So I thank you for being you. I thank you for being here with all of us. So we're closing out with Mr. Caleb Davis. I want you to give your details here on... Um, on video and camp, uh, well, audio and video, okay. give your details and um, we'll just let people connect to you. And please, everyone, make sure you give him a quick follow, visit his website, get connected, and let's make it happen. So, Caleb, please give us your details so everyone will have them. I got you. So, on Instagram, you can follow me at Mr. Davis X, so M R D A V I S with an X at the end of it. Um, you can also follow our business pages, which is Flurning, F-L-U-R-N-I-N-G-L-G, and Fave Academy, F-A-V-E-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y. Um, if you want to stay up to date with our, um, with our learner preference assessment, or if you want to take the learner preference assessment, um, head over to our website, flurninglg.com, flurninglg.com. Again, the assessment right now is free for any parent or student who wants to uh, figure out which ways your, your child learns best or teacher. Go ahead and take it. Um, you can get a class set of it. And again, it's free right now. So take advantage of it right now because the price is going to go up. It's going to be it's going to be out of the beta phase. And listen about the innovative education. So hop on board. Follow me. Thank you, Caleb. So we're going to close out officially now. So I thank you all for listening and watching Entrepreneurs Speak with Tamika James. Till next time. See you guys soon. Underground Biz Group. Underground Biz Group.